Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, Some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge when you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees look at assaultlimited.com also sponsoring today's podcast is urban savage urbnsvg.com the best quality apparel available american made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about get squared away spiritual get squared away emotional get squared away mental get squared away physical the podcast that'll help you get squared away hey yup we are here with uh this is going to be an interesting episode and i don't even know that we're going to come out of this one with anything like actionable and positive i really don't know where this one is going to go but if if you've been living under a under a rock for the past three years, then you probably have no idea what we're going to talk about. But otherwise, you've probably at least stumbled across this idea of the Great Reset. Yeah, and I think it's it's important to, for people that don't know it or don't understand it or just know it as a buzzword. It, it's going to affect you at some point, if not already. Th- this isn't like uh, this isn't like you know a little thing that that small countries are like, uh, you know, when we start talking about like fiscal policy and stuff in the United States, you know, and and you think like, okay, fiscal policy, how much of it really affects me? A lot of it doesn't really affect any of us. Like it affects big things, overall mass ideas, but it doesn't necessarily affect us like us individually. Like this is going to affect everyone and everything. So you, I mentioned when I, when I showed up here today, you're like, 
you remember when this was just a conspiracy theory, right? Because yeah. when COVID first happened, there was some stuff talking about the Great Reset, which I believe was used to be a book. Um, that's where the original term came from. And, you're, and it was a conspiracy theory that that's what this was for, right? And I'm, I'm not going to go as far as to say that any of the pandemic was was necessarily put on for this sake. But what I will say is that just like just like wars, a good uh, what, what what is the phrase? A good something never goes. A good crisis. Yes, and a good yes. a good crisis. Democrats use that yes. quite a bit. So I I think that that's probably that's likely where this was at. The World Economic Forum had this had this idea of restructuring the entire uh basically global economy global governance and then this kind of came up and it was like oh this is the perfect time to start implementing this and yeah. so we probably should start off with like where the world economic forum started and what it was meant to do which i should probably pull the wiki up but it was something to the effect of it it was started by klaus schwab yep to basically teach American capitalist business practices to European private business. That's kind of that's that's where this started. So it was a bunch of European private businesses that that were learning capitalist business practices. Somehow from 1970 whatever and now it has turned into the largest, most powerful billionaires, millionaires, CEOs of the world's largest companies getting together to plan how the rest of us live. Yeah. Basically. But it's, it's cloaked in a very heavy, heavy marketing plan that tells everybody that, hey, we're trying to decentralize everything that we touch. But they're de- they're centralizing everything and telling you that they're decentralizing. Yeah, centralizing. So the th- the thing is here is like what what what's the what's the name for it for the uh they're building a they're building a stick man. What's the word? No, what's the word for straw that? Straw man. A straw man. They're building yeah. a straw man, right? Like they're saying all the things that we know are wrong. They're things that you and I talk about. They're things that everybody sits down and talks about. We all know these things are wrong and they're saying we're going to fix this. But <laughs> that's like on the face, we're going to fix this. And then in the back room, we're going to get more power. It's going to give us all the power in the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's probably the best illustration. Um, I mean, it's one huge example is the uh, pandemic profiteering. You know, and if you don't understand what that is, it's it's something that, you know, I have contacts within the the feds that know that this happens and this would explain a lot of what you see in the news is a lot of people get frustrated when they're like oh there's legislation that gets passed and you're like but how in the world do they come up with you know five thousand pages of legislation in a matter of days and it doesn't work that way it's it's literally if you can imagine um a legislator sitting in their office right and they're just waiting i mean they have stacks of legislation that they want to introduce and when there is just like you had said before 
lot of politicians, I know Democrats have popped this up uh, in the last year and a half quite a bit, is you got to take advantage of a good crisis, right? Yep. Well, you got a crisis like the pandemic that pops up. What, is, what do you have? Well, now they're begging us for COVID funding. Well, the COVID funding might be 500 pages of legislation. Well, what they do then is they start piggybacking all this legislation into that thing until it is what you see on the news. You know, we got, you know, 6,000 pages of legislation we got to go through and they're giving it to us at four o'clock in the afternoon. And we need to basically be ready to, you know, vote on this on Friday morning. Right. And that's that's how it works. They're just shoving a lot of this. I mean, if we had some accountability, true accountability of what funding gets reported out of all these crises, whether it's COVID and whether it's Ukraine, I think you're going to find out that, you know what, not a lot of the dollars are going where it should be. So that is that is an example on a United States scale. Yeah. But this is a world. Yeah. So that's why I said, this, is, this is like yeah. a small example. Yeah. But so like uh, one example I saw this week and actually we'll get deeper into the into the World Economic Forum and what the Great Reset actually is. But one example I saw this week was Sri Lanka. And I think I sent it to you, right? Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that. So, pop up, yeah. Yeah. So Sri, Sri Lanka basically was propping up their economy with debt. They were printing money and they were afraid that their economy was going to collapse. So they kept dumping, basically injecting funds into their economy and injecting funds and injecting funds. Their economy got to the point where it was going to collapse and they reached, they turned to the World Bank and then said, we need more funding. We need, we need basically they were borrowing for their country to keep moving the way it was moving. Well, the World Bank through the World Economic Forum and through all these people saw, okay, this is a chance to get Sri Lanka to pass some stuff that we want them to do. This is these are like top five things, top 10 things that they want every country to be doing moving forward. And so they they basically made them pass these laws to get this this funding. And some of the stuff was like reduction in nitrogen usage in their crops and uh, a bunch of other stuff that was that was climate control and and stuff like this. But turned around and caused their crop production to drop by yeah. 60%, which then crashed their economy anyways. And then they've got a bunch of people that are going to go hungry and their economy is crashed. And probably thousands to hundreds of thousands of Sri Lankan people are going to die because of these policies that got put forward. But it's a sustainable green uh, initiative. So, the- so this is, this is the thing that this, all of this, stems from this this magic word that Klaus Schwab has been has been pushing for years that is stakeholder capitalism. And what stakeholder capitalism the the, the concept is that corporations are no longer only looking at their shareholders and they're supposed to be becoming custodians of society. They're supposed to be creating value for Customers, suppliers, employees, communities. That this is the idea. This is the the uh, idealism, right? This is the the Elysium of ideas. Is that we no longer have corporations that are only out for their own greed. We have corporations that want to the rising tide to lift all boats, and they want to you know build a better world together. Which it sounds great. Sustainable but development. So does, but so does socialism. Yes, yeah, sustainable development. The yes. problem is, is, is development isn't sustainable. Yeah, I know, but 
it's what they're preaching. It is. It, it is what they're preaching. Good. What you're saying is ideal. Yes. So the problem here is that through through money, because the power is always in the money, right? Because even what is what is government? You know, government is really just individual people. You know, correct. Yep. So the minute that these you know corporate in custodians get involved in this stuff, which now they're involved in the um, United Nations anyways, right? So the minute they get involved in this, they start purchasing influence through all these different things. And they purchase influence of these governments and no longer is it corporations and governments and civil society, right? It's literally corporations owning everything one of the big things that came out of this great reset is by 2030 you will own nothing and you'll like it i don't think we're gonna have a choice i mean you talk about sri lanka that's a small scale example compared to where we're at now and that's that's what scared me yeah that's what scared me is is everything that sri lanka did their bubble was about to burst and they had to do it yeah i mean what's happening to us right now I mean, we've printed way too much money, tried to, well, no, I wouldn't even say tried to, but basically it was just a, as a political tool injected it into the economy. And then on top of that right now is we're giving up oil reserves. I mean, we're basically setting ourselves up that we have no fallback. So eventually what's going to happen is we're going to end up having to go and ask for funding. Or we are going to be big boys and rip the bandaid off that big, dark, painful bandaid. We won't. No, we won't. I know, but that's what needs to happen. That's what needs. We need to, we need to take the dip. What if that happens? Then we take the dip and we, we see, we see another, probably a great depression. Yeah. It's sad and it's scary and I get, and I get it, but it's, it's that and freedom. Or it's, do you remember, did you ever hear anything about like the, the, the coal cities in West Virginia, right? And this has happened throughout time, but a, a corporation moves in, right? And you live in corporate housing, you work for the corporation, your paychecks are paid to you in corporate dollars, then you spend the corporate dollars at the corporate store. So let's say you, you, you work for you know, That's small scale communism, 75. Yeah. So you work 75 hours, right? You work, you work 70, you work 75 hours. Yeah. You get paid, you know, uh, uh, Twitter bucks. Okay. So you work 75 hours, you work it and you work in, you work for Twitter. You, mm-hmm. you live it, you live in Twitterville. You work for Twitter. You work 75 hours. You make a thousand Twitter bucks out of that thousand Twitter bucks. 500 Twitter bucks has to go to Twitter landlord because in Twitterville, Twitter owns all the Twitter housing. And then out of the other 500 bucks, you pay for Twitter gas and you buy Twitter groceries and you order stuff from Twitter, Amazon. You're, you Plus the Twitter groceries, you, you are basically resolved to X amount of choices. Yes. So they're telling you what you need. Well, they, to that's all there is because you live in Twitterville. Yeah. They're not telling you this is just all they offer. If you don't yeah. like it. Go somewhere else. But you can't go anywhere else because it's too far away from Twitterville. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you spend that paycheck and then you got to work another 
75 hours the next week for another thousand Twitter bucks to pay for all your same Twitter stuff. Yeah. This is what they want. But here's the additional thing that this is really what's happening on the world is. So if you all of a sudden piss the heads of Twitterville off, all of a sudden they'll be like, well, guess what? Your Twitter bucks aren't good here. Your Twitter bucks. I'm sorry. You can't get groceries this week. Your Twitter bucks. Uh, well, you're not going to get Twitter bucks for, you know, two paychecks, but you got to still keep working. Well, because you might have said something that offended someone and then that took yep. down your Twitter score. Yep. Your Twitter society score. Yep. Now you have less credits. There, there's no such thing as dollar value. So you just get credit. So here's my thing. I think it is inevitable that we go to a global economy. I think it is, it, it is an inevitable that a group like this probably leads that global economy. Right. I don't want it to be those fucks. Yeah. But what choice is there right now? We're setting ourselves up for that position. It seems like our oh, leadership, we can't even, we leadership can't even is steering us into that, that waterfall. Well, why, why would you, why do you think that our, why would you think that our current, our current um, administration would, would be steering us that way? Because they're already bought out. Oh, but who they bought have, them? They have benefits. But who bought them? Who's who is in who is in all the economic positions of power in this current administration? Oh, trying to think of the list of people. Let's hold on. I have it right here. There's a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of companies. So, mainly the the biggest dark company behind all of this is BlackRock. And if you guys have not done any research into BlackRock. That's a that's a dark, dark place to go. BlackRock is the world's largest investment bank. BlackRock owns somewhere between one to 13 percent of almost every corporation. In the world. Aren't they uh, how much of real estate do they own? So BlackRock is buying up a ton of real estate. They're throwing 10 to 20 percent over value offers. Do you, why do you think they would be doing that? Well, it's ultimately it's all going to be a centralized uh, ownership on property. Well, because in a current in the current economy, if you drive prices up, then the average person can't afford it anymore. Well, they they have so to you, rent from you. That's the whole goal is to urbanize everybody. That's right. Yeah. So if you drive if you drive housing prices up, then everybody's got to rent. Talk yes. to somebody today at the gym renting a house. Right here in little old Sun Prairie. Guess how much it costs to rent a house in Sun Prairie? Got to be two grand. Three grand. Three grand. Three grand. Two bedroom. Two bedroom apartment was eighteen hundred. Oh, it hurts. I, I know there. I mean, there's apartments right now. The average is fifteen to two grand for any type of, you know, square footage. But, yep. You know, I got to tell listeners that if you're if you're not aware of this, by the time you get to a point of where we're emulating a communist country. I mean, you're going to be your your master bedroom will pretty much be your whole uh, living space at some point if this keeps going. Yep. So Brian Deese is the director of National Economic Council from BlackRock. Um, Joe Podesta from BlackRock. Janet Yellen from BlackRock. Oh, no, sorry. 
sorry, the key policy post as deputy treasurer under Janet Yellen is from BlackRock. Michael Pyer from BlackRock. He's the uh, he's the senior economic vice president under President Kamala Harris, Vice President Kamala Harris. I'm not sure exactly sure why she needs that. But anyways, so yeah, I mean, I'm looking at on the government. Those are all government. Your heads of state. Those are all government positions that are people from BlackRock. So what Larry Fink, who started BlackRock, the founder of BlackRock, what and he's the CEO. Yeah. What he does is when he sees someone that or a position that opens up in some sort of power place, he puts them in someone from his board or someone from his company up up for that position. What he also does is when he sees someone like Hillary, who he thought was going to be in the White House, he gives her a board place on BlackRock. So he's tying everything together. The. um The president or whatever the whatever the head of Germany is, I don't remember what his name is. The front runner for that position all of a sudden got a lead German BlackRock uh, board spot. So it's like this is this is how he does it. You're tying everything to BlackRock. BlackRock currently is where a lot of the lines lead back to. Yeah. Which he's also, you know, pretty high up in the World Economic Forum. He's best friends with one of the least favorite presidents of Mexico that was apparently tied to the Sinaloa cartel (laughs) and then got um, he put his son on the BlackRock board. Yeah, I mean, it's when I look at the. So let's go to the heads heads aside from BlackRock. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first red flag should be that, you know, one of the top guys that are in there is Xi Jinping. So you got the president of the CCP. You got Modi, who's uh, the prime minister of India, um, Netanyahu, which I was surprised. Um, prime minister of Israel, or a leader, they call him. Uh, Angela Merkel's in there, which mm-hmm. surprising. You got the PM of Greece. You got Abdullah. Jordan, you got even Singapore, which is central center of wealth in asia but the other ones the rwanda i don't understand that you got the president of ghana is in there and this is the heads of the world economic forum yeah yeah the one that's main concerning is yeah you got xi jinping in there, so it's well and so the thing is is this comes back to my this comes back to my um what's the best way to put it these people think that they are doing good because there is a lot of problems in the world. There are. They're just capitalizing on them. They are capitalizing on them, and they are not understanding that or maybe they are understanding that in a realistic world, it just, I don't think peace and prosperity forever is even a possibility for them. Well, they're they're setting themselves up They're 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 already set up these people that, you know, the top, what is it? The top, the top 2,500 people in the world have more wealth than the next 4.5 billion. 
Yeah. But they can't get enough. I mean, Anthony Fauci's in there. You know that? I didn't, but it doesn't surprise me. I mean, it, it's all this is it's all a big web of connected people. Yeah. I mean, you got the president of the Inter-American Development Bank. You got a hell of a lot of, you know, banks in here. Well, and that, so that's the thing is, is a lot of the a lot of the national banks. United Nations involved in there. The United Nations actually signed an agreement with the World Economic Forum to allow the World Economic Forum to almost basically be a almost like another country in the United yeah. Nations. That's kind of how it how I read it. Yeah, I mean, all these people are just basically getting money in their pocket. So. So. But it's society, really. The vaccine alliance is involved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's so that's where I'm going. Like. This is the. This is the odd thing about this great reset. They are no they are no longer. And this is 2021 Davos, which if you don't know what Davos is, Davos is a city in Switzerland, but Davos is their big yearly summit that you have to pay. $30,000 to go to unless you're an invited speaker. And then this this little town of 10,000 people goes to 30,000 people for four or five days and it locks down like you can't get in. You can't get out if you don't have the badge, you know, a, a white badge or an orange badge or a multi, you know, but they have like different badges for different people, whether you're security yeah. or speaker or whatever. And so Davos is this big this big business conference, basically, that they all get together and they talk about how the other, you know, eight billion of us are going to live. It's, it's kind of what what they're doing, right? And so when I see this and I see this kind of underpinning of deviousness, cloaked in, cloaked in a hand in a handout or cloaked in a in a in a reaching down to help you, right? Yeah. I almost side I almost side with people that are against the big governments like fucking Putin. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and that's a whole another story going on right now. So it, so it's 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 an interesting place to put yourself. Where like if you were the head of your country and you saw what was going on in all these other countries would you just give in or would you be the demon that everyone is talking about because you are trying to lead your you are trying to keep your country whole and healthy and maybe off some political rivals here or there i mean i'm not saying that i'm not saying he's a good guy but i'm just saying i can kind of see why he doesn't want to wow. be part of this world yeah i mean nothing global, that, nothing that you're saying is wrong it's like uh, Gaddafi, right? Everybody thought Gaddafi was a piece of shit. I mean, he was a piece of shit human being, right? Yeah. But, you know, Libya under Gaddafi had some structure. And what happened when our State Department failed and Libya basically fell and Gaddafi was killed, the whole country just went into a, turned into a complete shit show. Yeah. So sometimes, you know what, there, there's a dictator in place that doesn't make it right. But at that time, it's stable. But you can't just cut something off and completely turn it into something. I mean, you get rid of structure, it'll turn it into chaos right away. So, you know, Putin is, you know, he's probably a piece of shit. I'm not even going to say probably. I mean, he's a piece of shit. But the thing is, 
he serves a purpose. The line between good and evil goes through the center of all men. Yeah. Right? Best describing, yeah. You know, it, it, there's, yes, a lot of what he's doing is evil as fuck, but there's some of the stuff that, some of the, the ideas at least that he has that, are, that have merit. Yeah. Even if he goes about them the wrong way. And the shitty thing is, is like a lot of this shit that they talk about is like, is, are, are problems that I could agree with. They're just capitalizing on the problem versus actually fixing the problem. Right. Right. It's like, there's no real, it's like Leonardo, it's like Leonardo DiCaprio talking, you know, flying around the world on private jets and taking his private yacht. And talking about climate change. Right. Like, fuck you. Yeah. You know, if you, if you, if, it, if it's that big of a deal, if you, if you have that much of a problem with it, then start living the way that you want, you know, that you want everyone else to live. Because the problem is, is we have a consumerist society. We really do. We consume way more than we would ever need to consume. But guess what happens to all of these business people? All of these people that are at this summit, if all of our, our joint consumption, goes down 20%. Yeah. Their balance sheets go down 20%. Yep. So they don't want us to actually stop consuming. Maybe. I don't know. How, how would you explain how that's done in communism? I, so, so there is, it's, I think it's all levers, right? And there is, I'm pulling this lever as a mouse and I'm consuming. Okay, so let's say me right now, right? I'm consuming. I'm buying food. I'm buying clothes. I'm renting movies on Amazon. I'm consuming. Okay. If if I pull this lever 20% less times, I'm spending 20% less money. I'm giving all these corporations that go to this fucking World Economic Forum 20% less of my money. Yeah. If everyone that is collectively pulling the lever that pays for Pepsi and Twitter and all this shit, right? If if we pull on that lever 20% less, their total income goes down 20%. Okay? Yeah. From a communist point, there's less levers to pull. They are they're down regulating the consumption by Downregulating the ability to pull the lever so you have less money, right? Yeah. And there's less levers to pull, less places to spend that money. Yeah. I mean, it's a scale. You either got control on one side or you got consumption on the other side. You want to wreak more control on your population, you're going to get less consumption. So that, therefore, Russia has to find their earnings elsewhere, right? So basically, they got to, they make a, you know, hell of a lot of money on their oil. So that's where they need to go. China's the same way. All their exports is where they got to basically glean their uh, revenue from because they're not getting a whole lot from their own people. But their own people, they're getting labor to generate those exports. Yeah, it's an ant farm. Yeah. But nah. that they want they, the, the, those top 2,500 people, those top 10,000 people that, that, that have all the wealth in this yeah. world, they want the whole world to be their ant farm. Yeah. That's what they're looking. I mean, that that's the goal of this whole thing is you will own nothing and you will be happy about it, which means you will work for one of these companies. You will create value for the company. You will live in rented property. You will consume, you know, 
regular rented products. You will use rented cars. You will, you know, use public transportation, whatever. You will own nothing and you'll be happy with it. But I think that one of the big one of the big disconnects here is, is what is right? What is happy? I don't know. It's uh... because happy for them is fucking is private yachts and private boats and private islands and yeah. twenty eight thousand dollar a person conferences. And that's what happy is for them. Yeah. I mean, this is a perfect example of a conversation I had yesterday. It relates to what we're seeing in gas right now, right? So gas was what almost seven dollars here. Well, I'm I'm talking premium, I guess. So what was yeah. six dollars? I think yeah, it was six something. So all of a sudden, uh, they dropped it below five dollars. And what was the uh, press secretary saying? It's like, well, the economy is going great. It's the first time we've seen uh, gas prices drop below five dollars right now, right? Well, okay. It, it's kind of numbing you to saying oh okay well i guess yeah everybody was complaining about six dollars a gallon for gas and now it's uh i'm sorry i'm talking premium is 460 yeah i think it's under four for regular gas right now but it sets a new bar mentally for people to say oh well i guess it is cheaper now but now they've upped it almost you know 200 percent from what it was back in the last administration well the that relates on larger scale to a conversation I had with somebody about um, what they what they've seen. You know, they've been in China. They've been some of these other communist country. And it goes back to that story that him and I were talking about. Actually, it was yesterday morning was, you know, when I went in these Chinese public restrooms, you see a stall. There's two stalls in the men's bathroom. One has a hole in the ground. One is a toilet. And the people coming over on the trains from China into Hong Kong before the lockdowns. Um, would basically come to visit because there's all these restaurants and places that they could spend one day spending their dollars. Well, they would go into the bathroom and the first thing some of these people would go into would be the stall with a hole in it. And you're like, well, why would, why would you shit over a hole when you got a perfectly fine toilet on the side? Well, but that's all they know. So, you know, when the population gets under control, yeah, they're going to rebel a bit. But if you whip them in the shape, basically, is what they're looking at. Years later, guess what? Their offspring aren't going to know any better. So now you have these ants that are programmed to be, well, this is, I guess this is what a happy life is, right? They don't know anything different. So, and that's what happens in all these other countries that him and I were talking about yesterday. It's just like, yeah, if you you don't know anything different, if you never tried anything that would make you, quote, happier, then guess what? You think that your standard of happy is, boom, right there, working six days a week and Guess what? I'm making ten dollars an hour for for big uh, Big Brother. Who do you think? Who do you think has sold more green electric automobiles? Elon Musk or the government? I would say the government. You think so? I just i i i have this i have this disconnect between the forcing hand of Big Brother versus the you know pulling come here finger of someone that's showing you something cool you know like you're going to go to new york and you're going to regulate you know 60 ounce sodas or you think about how many healthy people joe rogan has made over the last 10 years probably hundreds of thousands at least tens of thousands of people 
You know what I mean? And so that was my kind of that like Elon Musk never, never forced people. He never gave, you know, incentive rebates. He never raised the price of gas to make elect. He made electric cars fucking cool. Yeah. But that made people want to buy them. That's innovation. And so if we took half of what we're spending in regulation and put it towards innovation, where could we be? Right. But so if, you, if you look at the World Economic Forum, most of their marketing is based on, oh, we're being innovative. We're decentralizing. They're, they're setting up everything opposite. Of it's what regulation, though. Yeah, it's re- it's regulation, not oh, innovation. It's heavily regulated. Yeah, it's regulation. It's not innovation. Just like what they did to Sri Lanka, that wasn't innovative farming techniques that they could put in place to make up for sixty percent of their nitrogen, right? Right. Or for it was forty percent reduction in nitrogen. That's what it was. So it wasn't like here's all of these innovative techniques. We will show you. We will teach you so that you use forty percent less nitrogen. It's you have forty percent less nitrogen available. Good luck. Right. Yeah, and if you look at uh, some of the boards that are involved with the uh, WEF, World Economic Forum, is you know they're basically trade unions and trade organizations. So, just like we talked about, if you have a population of ants, guess what? You got to depend on your trade. Well, you don't want one company to be stronger than another, right? So, in order to do that, you have to regulate everybody's trade. Tell them exactly this is what you're going to be able to trade. This is your maximum that you're going to be able to trade. So now all of a sudden this becomes a one world, one world government, one world uh, regulated fair. Everybody makes the same. Or not. It depends uh, how they want to ratchet. Maybe a country pisses them off. They ratchet them down. I don't know. Yeah. And there's too much that can be a problem. And so where does it. How does it work better? How does how does how does this. There is no alternative to this. Like you said, I guess, like you said, it's all based on ideals and uh, unicorns. We're fucked. Yeah. There's no alternative because like these problems need to be fixed, right? Like clearly these are problems that need to be fixed. Yeah. But the problem comes from people aren't getting together across the table and discussing it. We're not having a lot of free organizations coming together and saying, Hey, you know what? We see a problem. We want to solve it. We've become a society that is like hoping the government's going to solve everything for us. And, and it's not def- even that. It's even on a personal level. You see a lot of people, they're just hoping everybody else or some magic pill is going to solve their problem. So it starts at the individual. And we're divided. Which I think a lot divided of that by is choice, yeah. by, it, um, I think it's by, stru- by planning. I think it's a lot. A lot of the division in our country is planned division to keep the masses ignorant people make that choice oh do you make that choice if if there's echo chambers that you're a part of and that's all you see is your one side and that's all you hear is your one version of the truth yeah but you just uh, is it a choice you were just talking about okay well if if everybody seems to be going in one direction you have a tendency to go the other right oh i don't know when did i say that uh, when going back to the Putin uh, conversation. Oh, I don't think I meant it like that, but well, I mean, okay, yeah, I, in I'm, relation I'm, to that, yeah. I mean, it, it it goes back to what we keep talking about is critical thinking. It's yeah, sure, you can if you want to listen to Fox News or CNN all day long, listen to to one side and one perspective, so that you can give yourself a 
eight hour pep rally all day, patting you in the back for thinking the same thing as everyone else, then you know what? Then yeah, you are part of the problem. But if you're willing to take all this information from everywhere, even, you know, listen to Bill Maher or somebody on the liberal side, if you're a conservative, if you're a liberal, listen to uh, Ben Shapiro and start getting different perspectives and then formulate your thinking from there. Or even just be willing, like somebody asked me, because they got a little bent out of shape saying that, uh, well, I wouldn't mind seeing DeSantis and uh, Tulsi on a ticket. And they're like, Tulsi, well, I don't agree with everything with Tulsi. Well, I don't either, but at least it brings somebody with a different perspective in that's willing to come to the table and talk. I mean, I would rather be in a conference room with, guess what, half the people that disagree with me, half the people that, you know, agree with me mostly. And then come to the table and hash this out because I'd love to see what after eight hours, what that solution is going to be. Well, because realistically, you're probably right on some of the things and they're probably right on some of the things. Yeah. Like there's probably a lot of middle ground there that you both think the other person's wrong until you actually get to the brass tacks of things. And it's like, oh, okay, You know, by the time you walk out, there's a solution that benefits everybody. right? Right. But everybody sees everybody else's perspective. We don't have that. That's be one side is being pushed so much to point where it's ridiculous. I mean, seriously, you know, the whole you want to pretend you're a stuffed animal or pretend you're, you know, a man pretends to be a woman, even though I was in Madison, you know, last night. And I was like, I don't know, some dudes you can't tell anymore. Well, so, and so that's the thing. Like, I have no like. The transgender thing, I think, is is way out of fucking proportion. I, I think that. It's it's a semantics argument because the right is like there are two genders, male and female, two biological genders. And the left is like, no, there's all these different genders. And it's the fucking problem is the word gender. Yes, biologically, there are two genders. But. Societally and 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 the way you act and your your leanings, there's a fucking million different amounts of feminine feminism and masculine masculinity. And those things are not just because you are a biological male doesn't mean you are masculine. And just because you are a biological female doesn't mean you are feminine. Right. Like, it's, it's a semantics argument that is it's one of these dumbass arguments that, just, that is used nowhere. to divide. Yeah, exactly. It's used to divide. I don't I don't give a fuck. And that's why they keep, they keep turning up the volume on it because they know it divides the country and they know that it's emotional enough to eventually get votes because you got midterms coming up. After midterms, it's going to be quiet for a full year. And then all of a sudden elections for 2024 will hit. And guess what? They're going to ratchet it back up again. So it's just, it's, it's dumb. Okay. I mean, I just go to people and just say, you know what? If, if I have to treat somebody that's basically out, that's unconscious, I have to treat them whether they're a male or a female is how I have to treat it. If I have to, you know, deceive somebody and body bag them, I have to body bag a male or female. So I'm just going to treat it that way. And just like you said, I mean, there's some dudes that are feminine as hell They're, But that's what they are. They're just a feminine dude. Mm-hmm. And that's you know what? That's fine. That's, they want to they want to do that. I'm, it takes all kinds to make this world go around. Right. You will we'll all get a laugh out of it. I mean, I got friends sometimes. I mean, it's like, good Lord. I mean, a couple of them turn gay and it's like, that's fine. I've had I've hired gay leadership, which is fine. That's what they do on their time. But guess what? If, if we're fighting the same battle, as long as you're shooting in the same direction, that's fine. When we're done, you go do your thing. I'll do mine. And, and everybody has different strengths and weaknesses, right? Like 
feminine, the feminine leaning is a thousand times more organized than me. Generally, almost always. Right. Much tighter attention to detail with stuff. I'm like a big picture thinker. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a throw a lot of things at the wall and see what sticks. I'm a, you know, run headlong into a problem and and get through it, you know, and and having someone at my side that is that has the strengths where my weaknesses are is an amazing place to be. Yeah. And if if people talk to my kids, I mean, there's, you know, uh, like my first ex, she's very great emotionally connecting with the kids where I'm I was terrible emotionally collecting, you know, connecting with kids. My kids will say that like, well, dad taught us to, you know, how to be, you know, do practical living, how to survive from day to day. But, you know, mom really nurtured and, you know, gave us the, had that emotion. Like if I really needed to talk to some, someone, something deep, they would talk to my ex, you know, if they talk to me, then all of a sudden they'll get probably some stupid ass objective lecture. Right. Yeah. I'll try to fix the problem. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a problem that, that, that men need to work on is, a lot of problems when somebody brings them to you, they don't really want them fixed. I know they don't <laughs> want. We have a hard they, time recognizing. We do. We do. We have a really hard time with that. But but my, but my kids notice that. But what what it does is it goes back to why it's so important to have that you know that father mother relationship because yeah, it's like you said the 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 feminine movement or whatever or feminist movement is just, has not benefited at all. It's like why not look at the benefits that you know females bring into a relationship and the benefits that you know males do celebrate what we're strong at i mean that's what you know why you complement each other in a, in a marriage so so the so to, to bring it back to the great reset i see the need for global i don't want to call it governance but leadership I see the need for global leadership. See the I, need for one world government. Is that what you're saying? I see the need for? Can you imagine if? All right, let's go back to our four founders, right? Can you imagine if those policies that were put into place were put into place on a world scale, not the fucked up way that they're managed now, but the way that our constitution is meant to is meant to be ran. I mean, if if that was done on a global scale, that would be I mean, that'd be amazing. So, so that's my thing is, is I understand the need for that one world leadership. I just don't want it to be those fucks. Right. But the way that the forefathers wrote everything goes back again to that 10th Amendment is if it's not in the Constitution, let it be run by the smaller local government, which would work out great in a place like China and a place like Russia. In Africa, because do you think the the I don't know other states in China? Do you think the the rice paddy state in the middle of nowhere should be ran with the same exact laws as Hong Kong? No, right. Every the needs are different. Everything is completely different. Yeah, and Hong Kong is the country. So I mean, you know, you could have your your territories in there, kind of like Canada has territories, right? Hong Kong has territories too, and that's how it. If if that was done that way. Gosh, man, you'd see a whole new style of living, China. But guess what? The the greedy higher ups, the elites, they don't want that. They're so hell bent and addicted and thirsty for control. And so part of me looks at that and they go power back to the people. That's what I that's what my my initial leanings are power back to the people. But then I look at the people. and I don't think that's the right answer either. 
because I think the general the general average populace is fucked up. I think the the average person is jacked in the U.S. You don't think everywhere. Tell me a country where the people are are. More on top of their shit, more healthier, more intelligent, more critically thinking. I would say that there's a few countries in Asia, I would say. Um, gosh, possibly even New Zealand. I don't know that there's, you know, guess what? If the people had power. Yeah, they're not like here. They don't have a lot of luxuries and distractions we have here. And if they had power, you would see a lot of this. You know, I think eventually it's that uh, that grid, you know, where hard times make, you know, strong men. I think a lot of those countries are at that point. So you'd have strong men roll that back up to the top again. But eventually, I think as things got good, you're seeing what's happening in the U.S. right now. That would happen to them as well. Yeah, I mean, no, no superpower in the history of our world has ever maintained their superness for extended, yeah, for an extended period of time. And it looks honestly, it looks like America became the number one superpower, the fastest of any country is ever. Yeah. And we're going to lose it the fastest of any country ever. This is the decline. This is the the weak manner is what you're uh, saying is. The nut jobs are out there. And, and it's just like. And, and my problem is, is there's a, there's a lot of people that want to point those fingers, but they don't live their life that way. Yeah, it's pretty rare for somebody to point the finger. And to be living that way. Yeah. I think you're exactly right. It's it starts down at the individual because, um, you know, there, we have a lot of people sitting on the sidelines, a lot of people in the you know, the peanut gallery just pointing out and saying, oh, well, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. Well, guess what? Maybe if majority of the population, you'd have 35, 50 million people get off their ass and get squared away, could do something. But instead, everybody's waiting for somebody, somebody else to do something, which is why we're in the problem that we're in right now. So instead of a thousand people listening to this podcast, we need like 200,000. How do like we do that? 35 million. How do we do that? 200. Oh, yeah. yeah there's 300 million people. But the problem is to. There's 300 million people. Fuck. How do we do that? We need like 200 million listening to this podcast. <laughs> 200 million? Yes. <laughs> 200 million people to listen to this podcast. But you need 200 million people to get off their ass. Yes. But the problem is, is, yeah, you have to look in the mirror and say, hey, I, I want to do something. Oh, it's nasty, though. It's nasty and it's hard. Yeah. It's so much easier to look at somebody like me that's, you know, lost. 65 pounds and got my ass in shape and started reading books and 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 filled my brain and has become successful it's way easier to look at me and say it's it's because he's a white male way easier oh yeah okay yeah yeah if you're in the far left yeah. right or anywhere anywhere like it, right. he, he you know he came from a good family he he was he was lucky you know right it's way easier and i yeah. i seriously i stand on the i stand on the shoulder of giants like i do not take wholehearted credit for anything that I've done. It was the inspiration of all the people around me and their knowledge and and podcasts that I listened to and books that I read is how I became the person I am today. This isn't me. Like I didn't magically just build this person like, oh, I want to be this. No. This was like all inspired to be who I am today. But man, I still had to fucking start somewhere. Right. That's why we need 200 million people to listen to this 
because yeah. we need them to start somewhere. We need them to be inspired to do something. Yeah. Be inspired, inspired to improve a baby step at a time. But a lot of people don't want to be convicted. So, you know, conviction is the thing that forces you to look in the uh, mirror and say, wow, I really need to change. I really need to take action, do something. It's easy to get millions of hits and uh, downloads for Joe Rogan. Why? Because you have a guest and you're just talking shit about something, right? But the thing is with us is, okay, well, we're asking our listeners to, well, this is what you need to do to squirt away. This is what you need to do to make an impact and to address something like, yeah, the great reset. But the problem is action takes effort. Yeah. And it's not like simple effort of just going and, oh, I'm going to click on a link and do something. It's, it's a lifestyle change. So I think a lot of podcasts that are lifestyle changes don't break a lot of barriers. You know, they like hearing shit. Like it's, it's great to hear, uh, it, it's great to hear Goggins cause he motivates you, you know, but it, he doesn't lay out a plan to tell you that, okay, you need to get squared away, you know, mentally, physically. He just says, Oh, motherfucker, you're just a pussy. <laughs> you know, you want some guy to insult you and, you know, as he's running along and all that stuff and that motivates you. That's all it does is it motivates you. It doesn't give you a plan. So it's great if you're motivated, but if you're motivated without a plan, you'll never sustain. So in everything in life and business, um, in your spiritual life and your, your mental life, you have to have a plan. And then it's PDCA. You got a plan due and then you got to check, constantly checked and evaluate what you're doing so that you know, A, if you need adjustment, you know, PDCA, plan, do, check, and adjust. So it's going to be tough if you can get 200 million people to be like, wow, I want to get off my ass and, you know, let's get to that 10,000. Let's get to that 10,000 number first. <laughs> baby steps. Baby 100 steps. million. Jeez. Hey, I'm, I got goals, wow. man. I got goals. I'm trying to save the fucking world. I'm saying without like running for office, million or without something. running for office. Oh, okay. I'm still still scared about that whole idea. Um, did you know that fossil fuel is a is a false term? No, the term fossil fuel is it just because they call the it because earth, it's old fuel? the earth The earth is constantly creating the carbon that makes oil. Like we're we will have more oil by 2050 than we have today. Well, the earth does create more oil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not just you remember peak oil. Remember that that whole idea from like the late 90s, early 2000s of peak oil. Yeah, like we're going to get to a point where we're burning more oil than the earth makes and we're going to use it up and we're going to run out of oil. No, no not going to happen. I'm not saying I'm not saying that carbon emissions is not a problem. I'm just saying calling it calling it fossil fuel is is a false term. And right there, you're already if you're already trying to lie to me, then I start speculate speculatively think about everything else that you're doing. So instead of like forcing these, you know, green energy deals. How about we dump a bunch of money into innovation and try to figure out how to pull the carbon out of the air and regeneratively use that as energy because the yeah. the carbon is still energy. That's still carbon. Yeah. But I think yeah, it's important to people to understand that we're in the US and we our technology, our innovation in the last 40 years as clean burning these fossil quote fossil fuels i mean it has has been very good has been very progressive so but people don't look at that they just look at it. it's like oh every place is like la has a black cloud over it it's, it's not like that even 10 years ago we've come so far 
if you want to see where all the pollution is and go to China, go to Russia, you know, maybe these activists need to go over there and. But how much of that pollution is created because they're making shit that we consume? Well, we're still liable. We're still liable for some of it. Just because we don't see the butcher shop doesn't yeah. mean we're not liable for I mean, killing we're still the animal. Consuming uh, 8% of uh, Russia's oil. Yeah. And calling them names and uh, <laughs> saying that we want to go to war with them. So we're supplying Ukraine, supposedly. And we're also buying oil from Russia. But if we don't buy oil from Russia, then guess what? Gas prices probably double. So for this podcast, I got pretty dark into the BlackRock and the global (laughs) financial structure. Did you know that out of most of the countries that did not want a world bank, we've gone to war with most of them over the last 20 years? (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of weird, huh? Yeah. There's a lot of pieces I think that uh, you put together just by studying uh, this uh, great reset. Yeah. So it's a dark, dark, dark thing that's going on here. And I don't like. There's not just a there's not just a way out of it. There's not a quick, easy way out. I don't know if there is a way out. I don't don't know, I guess. So like like plan, right? Hope for the best plan for the worst. Right. That's that's the that's the idea. So plan for the worst you know have your have your food stuffs food stuffs figured out learn how to learn how to plant food learn how to grow vegetables learn how to hunt learn how to butcher learn how to preserve learn simple medical um you know jump on amazon and buy some prepper books they're not the they're not the clearest of reading but guess guess how priceless those are if you you know all of a sudden Somebody comes down with some sort of an odd skin rash and you need to look it up and you find your prepper medical book, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, stop depending on everyone else. Stop depending on the ER and start educating yourself so that you can take care of your family, um, whether it's a time of crisis or whether it's, um, you know, I, I don't want to say communist, but if it's, you know, a, if there's a global health standard, guess what? They're not going to give you the prime healthcare that right now if you're in the u.s that you're getting right now and some of it's pretty shitty already in the u.s yeah and that's a weird thing i saw a chart yesterday for like the health expenditure versus lifespan increase and we're like bottom of the barrel oh yeah because that it's way more profitable for our health industry to keep a person sick and alive than it is healthy and alive Yeah. It's all about the profit. I mean, learn, learn to, you know, take care of your kids. Don't depend on the ER. Learn that if you're, you know, if you don't start treating your food as medicinal, then guess what? Medicine becomes your food and you're going to be tied to it forever. So, oh, that's a good Instagram meme. Yeah. I started doing this thing called Tough Love Thursday. You seen this? Tough Love Ooh, Thursday. Tough Love Thursday. I didn't it's, tie that in, no. I uh, started doing these, 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 videos on instagram quick quick raw dirty tough love like ooh, that fucking burns and uh i'm gonna keep that going because those are good like they're one they're just shorties but man they're like oh you're fucking right you know like this week was the and the, the line is from fight club but it's like a majority of people work a job they hate to buy shit they don't need to impress people they don't even like oh yeah right 
I mean, at this point, <laughs> I mean, you're hundred percent right. But at this point, you gotta yeah, forsake all that superficial shit and start taking care of, figure out what you can do. Like you said, you know, start a garden, learn how to, you know, grow your own food, learn how to hunt, learn how to prep your own stuff. For some of you, you just learn how to damn cook something, right? You know, there's not going to be a McDonald's and there's not going to be a ton of money to just sit there and go out to eat all the time. So, and that's the problem, right? Like I'm not the, the problem. Right? I say that a lot. That's the problem. No, if I, if we took every time I said, that's a problem, it'd probably equal to every time you said, I'm not, I don't want to get political. <laughs> I don't want to get political on this. Um, but one of a, a problem, a big problem with, with the younger generation is they just, they want to eat out everything. Yeah. They just want to eat out. And it's, it's like, I like eating out used to be, and we're just, we're fucking guilty of it too. Like I, I'll give you that everybody that, um, but eating out should be a luxury, not right? a once in a while sitting in, you know, like in New York, it's like, gosh, the people that I know from there, it's every like, meal, every freaking night. It's like, well, we're going to go with you. And I'm like, uh, have you tried cooking anything? Well, when they cook something, it's like a, a big deal. So it's like, it has to be a get together and everybody cooks something. I'm like, dude, we just, we do that most every day. Yeah. So when we go out to eat, you actually enjoy going out to eat because that's a treat. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Chicago's the same way. San Fran. I guess. So just just start with the start with the man in the mirror. Michael Jackson knew it best. Yeah. Right. And, and get get informed, get educated, start reading the stuff that, you know, it's not a conspiracy theory at all anymore, especially. I mean, they're putting it out there. The, you know, WEF or whatever you want to call them. And pay 20 of your friends to listen to this podcast. Yeah. No, just I mean, seriously, like it's. It, this is our whole goal with this whole thing, man, is to, is to try to try to put to put forth ideas, put forth a plan and inspire change in as many fucking people as we can, as many people as we can. Yeah. 200 million, 200 million. That's the goal, baby. We're going to the moon. <laughs> um, on a side note. Do you know who the second largest stakeholder in Spotify is? No. BlackRock. Do you know who owns Joe Rogan now? Oh, have you been Spotify? I'm cl- that's my closing argument. What? Spotify owns Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan could leave and go to any other. I don't know. He's he's on the fence now. He won't talk. He doesn't talk much shit anymore. No, oh, really? I don't know. I'd be curious to see what the trend line on his uh, listener base is. That would be interesting. Yeah. But I will back up what I said is just that, you know, the, the self-improvement podcasts, you know, they don't generate as large of a, large of a following as, I mean, Rogan just gets some interesting guests and they just shoot the shit. Yeah. So they'll hit some, you know, current events, but that's about it. All right. So 150 million. I'll reduce my, I'll reduce my goals. Million. 35 million. All right. That's fair. All right. I hope you guys have a great week.